You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 322. Today, I'm revealing 15 success habits of today's seven-figure entrepreneurs, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. How the heck are you? Are you pumped? I am very excited. This is a very special hybrid roundup episode. I have asked a handful, just a small handful, of my super duper successful seven-figure entrepreneurial millionaire friends for one very specific success habit that they have, that they attribute so much of their financial success, their abundance, their happiness, their wealth, their health, and all that good jazz in their lives. They have so generously donated their time and their knowledge to you here today. It's going to be a fantabulous episode. And of course, I am contributing a ton of these habits myself. And uh, it's just another fantastic way to kick off the year. And it's very easy as we get into this today to get overwhelmed, to get intimidated. And even though I'm giving you, I'm actually going to give you more than 15. I just, I like to under promise and over deliver. There's another little tip for you. Under promise, over deliver. So your opportunity here is to pick one or two, pick one that really resonates with you and try it on as something that you do either daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So why I wanted to do this episode is because I think successful entrepreneurs, the majority of them, and get what, what, you know, air quotes, successful. Okay. Let's stop right there. What do I mean by that? We create our own criteria for success and then we say you're successful or you're not, okay? That's not fair. Uh, that's why people say you make your own definition. You do, it's true. So what I'm just gonna say is that the people that I know that are at a seven to multiple seven figure level and maintaining that, oh, that's another thing. I've seen a lot of here today, gone tomorrow type of entrepreneurs that kind of got lucky but couldn't replicate, duplicate, and keep up with the momentum or growth that they had. Okay, so that's what I mean by success. I mean, we're talking about someone who is consistently generating seven figures in revenue per year. And in an online business like this, where you can see anywhere from a 40 to 70% profit margin, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> and to consistently growing, these are the people I've attracted. This is what we've been able to do in our business. I wanted to get as many of these habits together, right? Because I believe these people have a different relationship with money, just like you have a relationship with your spouse or your mom or your dad, right? That's your relationship with them. That's not who they are. You say, well, my dad's a jerk. No, he's not. You have a relationship with your dad where he shows up for you as a jerk and that's how you experience him, but that's not who he is. He goes back and hangs out with his old fraternity buddies and they're like, no, your, your dad's the coolest guy I've ever met, right? So there's my metaphor for relationship. You have a relationship with money, and what I consistently see is those that have a lot tend to have a different relationship than those that don't. In fact, one of my favorite things I've said over and over before is money tends to have a lot more meaning and significance to those that don't have any. 
right? Money matters more to those that don't have it. That's part of how this relationship changes. But if you're waiting for the relationship to change before circumstances change, that's backwards, <laughs> okay? That's backwards. We've got to be willing to change the relationship first. So these are entrepreneurs that I intentionally sought out because I know they have a different relationship. These are all friends of mine. These are all people I've observed in their natural habitat, right? Oh, look, there's someone in their natural habitat doing things with money, okay? And I've observed them and I intentionally reached out to them and said, I would love to see your take on, you know, specific money habits, success habits, business habits that may be different than someone that's not at the same level as you are, okay? So these individuals have a different relationship with money than most. And therefore, as a result, they do things differently. They have different behaviors. So if you think just copying the habits and behaviors is going to like magically make you a millionaire overnight, it probably won't. It probably won't. Just going through the motions. You want to also understand the psychology and thinking behind these individuals. Why would they do these things that they're doing? Okay. And that's what I'm going to get into as well, right? Change your thinking and the things you think about change. So most people have a savings mentality. Now, the reason they have a savings mentality, and this is worth very like important noting all of this down, is because they're on some sort of fixed income, right? You have a salary, you have an hourly wage as an employee in a career. You're really like, this is your pretty accurate prediction of how much money you're going to make in a year. And so when you want to make more money, you're very limited in those options. And we're not talking yet about getting into you know investment opportunities and starting businesses and stuff. So as a result, people say, well, then I'll save, right? And so they develop a savings mentality. So in order to have more money, they have to cut costs. Now we're going to get into it, like applying that in business isn't always the best thing because you're cutting the wrong costs. You're in big trouble. People say, well, I want to make more money. I want to keep more money. So I'm not going to invest in Facebook ads. That's just about the most dumbest thing I've ever heard. And people say that all the time because they're operating as an employee mindset with a savings mentality as building a business, right? So then there's a making mentality. Okay. And this is, I hated savings mentality. I was like, this is boring. <laughs> I want a making mentality, right? And I've heard people say, there's two types of people. There's people that get really good at savings money and then there's people that get really good at making money. Now again, you should be smart with your money, 100%. But making money is saying, I want money for something. This is like breaking these up. So let's say you say, I want X and X costs a thousand bucks. There are two types of people in this, you know, you know, there's two types of people. Listeners, there's those that think there are two types of people and then there's everyone else. <laughs> I love that joke. But in keeping this simplistic, in this sense, there's two types of people. There's people they look at, they both want something that costs $1,000. The first person is say, great, where can I save money so that I can save that $1,000? So they're working with that like, you know, fixed pie of the money that they already are making, right? So I make a, I make five grand a month. So where can I cut costs here, cut costs here, save, save, save. And then bam, five months from now, I'll have $5,000. And then there's tends to be the more entrepreneurial opportunity, future possibility type individual that says, how can I make $1,000? What could I do right now to generate, attract $1,000? I like that a lot more. That's okay if you don't, but as an entrepreneur, Think about how many, how much more that opens up for possibilities. Let's say you get hit with a big tax bill or a big expense somewhere or something you want to get, right? Your dream house comes on the market. You're open to a lot more possibilities and you're like, okay, I need like X amount of dollars. How could I make that right now? Gives you a lot more freedom. If people want freedom, but they're not willing to pay the price of freedom because freedom ain't free, folks. 
but it has a cost. There's more risk. There's less structure, right? As an entrepreneur. So we have these first two mentalities, a savings mentality and then a making mentality. But I think there's a third one. And this is what I'm calling the making money, money making mentality. Yes. Let's say that again. The making money, right? So there's, there's a money making mentality. And then there's a money making, money making mentality. Making money, money making mentality. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you begin to look, of course, as money, as a tool to make you more money. And we're going to talk about some of these as well, right? But this is why I wanted to talk about this is most people are trying to budget their money and then they give away their time. Millionaires budget their time and they'll use their money as a tool, tool to create more time, tool for leverage, tool to make more money. And we need to start adopting some of these habits, but most importantly, these habits of thought, these beliefs, and these perspectives, if we want to change our financial circumstances, and if we want to continue to grow in our business in 2020 and beyond. And in order to do that, I first want to introduce you to my good buddy, the habit hero himself, Mr. Jim Fortin, to talk to you for a moment about habits themselves. Jim, take it away. Hi there, Jim Fortin here from the Transform Your Life from the Inside Out podcast. What I want to share with you here very quickly is that you don't get what you want in life, you get your habits. So if you want to become a multimillionaire, you must first have the habits of multimillionaires. Research has demonstrated that up to 95% of what you do on a daily basis is all actually, it happens from the reptilian part of the brain, meaning the oldest part of the brain, because that's where our habits are housed. So basically what that means is you go through 95% of your day on habitual autopilot. And if you want to actually learn millionaire habits, you must make a habit of making the habit you want be a habit. So what I want to share with you is obviously there are many things that contribute to multi-million dollar incomes. And we know those are habits. But what you want to focus on is making the habits a habit. When you do that, you then habituate your success and becoming a multimillionaire becomes easy. Well, thanks, Jim. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good, right? Okay, something to think about as we get into this. So what I've gone ahead and done is I've created three categories of different habits that I'm going to share with you. The three categories are things, habits that millionaires do and seven-figure entrepreneurs do to save time and energy, a list of habits that seven-figure entrepreneurs do to create money as a tool, and, ooh, and I love this one, a list of habits that I and others do, seven-figure entrepreneurs do, to make us feel hashtag abundant, okay? And then we're going to get into some other of our friends and their habits. So let's start with this first category, Habits that save me time, that save me energy. And these are important because if you don't value yourself, if you don't value your time, you don't value your energy, don't expect to make a lot more money. I didn't include this on here because I've talked about this in the past, but you should really know what is an hour of your time worth. Every single entrepreneur and business owner on the planet must 
know that number. is It's subjective. There's no right or wrong. There's no way to actually determine it necessarily. It's not like there's a truth to it. Like, well, James, I think my hourly rate is 200. No, you're wrong. It's 220. Like, you know, obviously, it is what you make it. Just like anything you say after I am becomes truth. So you can also say I am $1,000 an hour and make it freaking so. But if you don't know how much your time is worth, then it probably is subconsciously decided upon in your recesses of your mind, not very much, okay? And it's, it's gotta, so it's gotta be high. It's gotta be something, it's gotta be high because you must, 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 must value your time. Too many people that I know are saying, I want a million dollar business. Uh, just so you know, that's a minimum of $500 an hour, okay? So you want a million dollar business, yet you're doing things that something like a uh, VA could be doing for $4, $5 an hour. It's costing you $495 an hour to do it yourself because that's $500 of value that could have been put towards the more valuable things that grow the business, but you decided instead to do a graphic, to design a PDF, to tweak your about me page or to answer a customer support emails all day. And then you wonder why you're not growing your business, right? Well, where are you putting your time and energy? Your time and energy is finite resources, you know, right? We only have so much of it and we're not getting any more, okay? So that's the general theme in this first category is that every seven-figure entrepreneur or high-grossing income attracting entrepreneur and humanoid that I know values their time and energy more than they value money, right? When you value your time more than you value money, you'll find yourself having plenty of both. So let me share with you some very simple, hey, I can do some of these, James, habits that I've talked about in the past. You're going to hear me talk about in the future, but we're going to talk about them now in the present, the gift that we have together. That's why it's called the present that I do personally as habits in order to save my precious time or not waste my precious time, however you'd like to have me phrase that for you. The first thing is little, what do you call them? Chores. <laughs> I don't do chores. I never did chores growing up. I always found a way to get out of them. Sorry, mom. And then she's like, I oh, know I tried and I still don't. Instead, I find better ways to do things. Today, we have things like getting your groceries delivered for you, services that do that. We have Amazon, Amazon Prime Now. Prime Now is amazing. You want something, it's going to be here in two hours. And we have auto ship, things that just automatically get replenished and shipped to the house. Even things like, oh, yeah, I drink a thing of water every day. There's a habit, health habit for you. I drink a liter of water first thing in the morning. As soon as I get up, I chug that thing. So Chelsea and I know, well, James is going to have at least one Fiji bottle every single day at the house. I drink water in our Arrowhead water cooler at the office throughout the day. So we know how much water I'm going to go through. And then she wants water too. So we get it auto shipped, sent to the house. I don't have to go to the supermarket. Why waste time? Why bump into people, you know, in the parking lots when you can just have it auto shipped? That saves time and energy. And anybody who wants to sit there and, and say, oh, that's silly. I'm just going to go do all those things. Where else are you wasting 30 minutes here, 20 minutes there, an hour here, and then you say it's not a big deal, but then 
at the end of the month, at the end of the year, nothing's changed. And you're sitting there saying, I'm so busy. I'm so overwhelmed and I can never get to the things I need to do to grow my business. It starts here. <laughs> it starts with little things like this. Cleaning the house. You know, Chelsea knows I'm not going to do very much cleaning. I'm not going to be very messy, but I'm not going to do any like deep cleaning. We have a maid. I think every single entrepreneur should have a maid. Period. I just think, I think absolutely could. I, I should. Not could, should. Why? You should be living in a clean, abundant, feel good environment and area. If it's dirty, if it's gross, how inspiring for your creative juices is that? What is that communicating to you at a subconscious level? And then if you're spending all day doing it instead of growing your business, what's that going to do for you? James, I like cleaning. Great. You should also like growing your business and you should like that more. Otherwise, you shouldn't be a business owner. Plain and simple. Also, we have a cleaning service. So that's number three. We have a, a car service. Sorry, car cleaning service. There we go. Said at that time. We found a guy that will come to the house and detail the car, clean it, wash it, inside, outside, all that good jazz. And it's super cheap, actually. I think it's like, oh God, I don't even know how much it is. It's like $100 a month and he comes like twice a month or something. I don't have to do anything. He just shows up. Knocks on the door, I'm here, key in his hand, does his stuff, done. Wow, so great, right? All these types of things that we can automate, the services that people can come to you or deliver it to you, it's gonna save you time. Here's the next one. You've probably heard this one before, but it doesn't hurt to hear it again. Seven-figure entrepreneurs like myself, we schedule our to-dos. We schedule our projects and activities. When there's something very important for me to do, I put it in the calendar. I do either a meeting to brainstorm and come up with a plan. It's in the calendar. Or if I need to work on something, I put it in the calendar. And that's something that successful entrepreneurs at every level do already. And you can do more of it and be more intentional because when you're in those blocks, you cut out all distractions. You'll notice people and places and things, they'll fight for your time all day long. And you've got to fight back. You got to protect your time. And to add on top of that, and I've talked about this one before, I schedule my most important block of time first thing in the morning. I don't check email or Facebook or anything else. I block out first thing when I'm ready to, after I've done like morning routine and all that good jazz, I'm like, all right, today I'm here to do this. Whether it's a podcast episode or writing content or strategizing or mapping or copy or whatever, first thing in the morning. In fact, my entire team knows you cannot bug me, schedule me, book me for anything before 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It would have to be a pretty darn big emergency to take any of my brain power even decision-making energy before 11 a.m. Every single day of the week. That's how I operate, okay? Here's another habit. Because they value their time, they're on time. This is a conversation of integrity. They do not waste other people's time because remember what Thumper said, wasn't it? How you treat others is the golden rule, right? Wasn't that in Bambi? How you treat others is... Do unto others, but I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but it's the golden rule, right? And if you value your time, you got to value other people's times. Okay? In other words, if you're about to do a call with somebody, you're going to go to a networking lunch or, hey, I'm going to call you at this time, meet you at this time, let's do a, a session at this time, and you're late, 
what you're doing is you're saying, I don't value your time, which means at some level, you still don't value your time. How disrespectful. Just spitting on their time, right? So a successful habit, they're on time for others, for everyone else that they are in an interaction with. doesn't matter who it is, okay? Everyone's equal, okay? So anybody who's detailing your car, you're made, right? Just because they do your dishes doesn't mean that their time isn't just as valuable. But James, they're getting paid a fraction. It doesn't matter. Their time is still valuable. So they say, hey, I'll be at the house to give you the key 10 o'clock to wash the car and you're 20 minutes late. That's disrespectful. Okay. Be on time always. Okay. Or, or communicate when you can't be on time. Things happen, right? You're stuck in traffic. You get an accident, heaven forbid, whatever, but you communicate it. Uh, here's another habit on saving time, valuing time, intentional about time off. This year I've made a game for myself, 125 days off. We are 11 days into January recording this. I've already taken four days off. Whippity doo. They're intentional about time off. They know that time off is not being lazy. Okay. You got to cut the guilt trip because when you take time off, which is required and you're guilty about it, you might as well not take the time off because it's not doing your favors when you're spending all of your energy that day, wasting your energy, being guilty. Time off is work. It's where all the creativity happens. It's where the recharging happens. Look at it like this. I drive my Tesla to Sedona and back and it's a battery. The battery needs to be charged at two places. If I don't stop and charge that battery at Quartzsite, Arizona, I'm in big trouble before I even make it to Phoenix, I'm out, okay? So charging that battery is part of the trip. It's part of the process. And if I felt guilty or if the car felt guilty for needing to be charged, what, what does that change? What does that do differently? Nothing. It's part of the process to recharge your batteries. And successful entrepreneurs know that they've got to recharge. That's where all the creativity, the intuition and inspiration comes from. And guess what? The intuition, the creativity, the inspiration, the new ideas, the new possibilities, the new vision, the new direction, that's why they pay you the big bucks. You're not doing those things. Don't expect to be paid the big bucks because you're busy working. Oh, I'm hustling. Look at me with your head down doing $10 hour tasks all day. Look how busy I am. Congratulations. Okay. All right. Next, they have a personal assistant. I have a personal assistant. I've talked about this in the past. Most, not all, but most at a seven-figure level have a personal assistant. The personal assistant for me and for you acts as a manager of your calendar, of your day. They manage your life. They take all the other stuff that can't be automated or home delivered or, you know, other services that you've pretty much taken off your plate. They do the rest of that. There are times I need to mail or ship something. They do that. They manage my calendar, my day. They protect my day. They become my gatekeeper. They manage my emails, which we try to avoid completely. I do very little email. I don't do any of it. And they do the small percentage left over. All those little things. And I have a personal assistant that does that. Their goal, their job description starts with make James's life easier. When you make your life easier, i.e. more simple, you get to do more awesome stuff. Making your life more complicated, putting more things on your plate doesn't allow you to create 
uh, more awesome stuff. <laughs> I don't know how to say it any other way. So they're there to make my life simple. And if that intimidates you, you know, like I can't afford, I get it. But imagine what that could look like if you just had somebody that you could find very, very part-time a couple hours a week. Hey, I'm looking for, and then they can grow into the position, get more time with you as you grow. I'm just looking for somebody to manage my email right now or give me an hour a day on little tasks and I'll just give you a task list every Monday, right? They grow into the position as you grow the business. All right, and then lastly, the successful seven-figure habit in the category of saving time and energy, successful seven-figure entrepreneurs are in the habit of saying no more than they say yes. That's a big difference. I know today that the idea that opportunities and good ideas are rare is total BS. Opportunity is everywhere. And it's about developing the discipline of saying no. Stay in your lane. Focus. Distraction is the dilution of your energy and life force. You lose power, focus, time, and energy. Distraction becomes the enemy. You got to be willing to say no and drop the FOMO. All right. The next one is in my category of money as a tool. Habits that seven-figure entrepreneurs use, myself included, in the category of using money as a tool. The first thing is understanding that, and I learned this long ago, and I think there's a lot of people that still haven't figured this one out. When we talk about investments, we talk about assets, you are your biggest asset. Nothing's ever going to be, we can talk about any stock type of investment vehicle. We can talk about real estate. You are still the biggest asset. You, 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 your knowledge, your experience, your education, your health, your vitality, all of that. And so from that, I talk about this a lot because sadly, a lot of people don't want to agree with this. If you are your biggest asset, which you are, then successful entrepreneurs always make the habit of investing in themselves. Coaches, courses, any resources, books, knowledge, information, anything that gives you more of an experience of investing in yourself. I've already purchased and consumed four courses in 2020, and I think I've bought about 12 books since the end of December. I don't read that fast. I like to read slow, so I've read, I've read about a book and a half since the beginning of the new year, and I'm filming this on the 11th. I read a little slow. I'm not about reading fast. I want to make sure I receive and absorb the information. I don't really like speed reading, if I'm being honest. It's not a race to me. I like to, what's the word? I like to just enjoy, you know, spend my time, okay? So investing in yourself. You never get it done. The whole school thing is an illusion. Congratulations, you've graduated. You've now learned everything there is to know. No, that's how you'll fail. That's how you'll get left behind because the people that keep growing keep learning new things because the only thing that is constant is change, right? The industry will keep changing tools, technology, strategies, all of that keeps changing. 
Yes, there's a lot of universal principles, fundamentals, 100%. But things are going to keep changing. The landscape will continue to change. So you're either on top of it or you're not. Plain and simple. Now, let's talk about the next biggest asset. Don't take this as a redundancy because it's not. You as a per, you as a you as a person as a human being is your biggest investment, your biggest asset. Excuse me, invest in yourself. The second biggest asset you have is you as a personal brand. Your personal brand. I've I talked about this on my Instagram stories. This is huge. Successful entrepreneurs know that one of their biggest assets is their brand as who they are known for who they are perceived as, the relationship with they have with other humanoids in their industry. I love using that word, <laughs> humanoids. Other people, right? <laughs> Introverts are allowed to use that word. Humanoids, you know, those other people, right? You as a personal brand, the relationship you have with an audience and your audience itself is an asset and it is the biggest asset right after you yourself as a human. Think about it. When you have that relationship with people, you have a business, okay? And whether you're making a lot of money with that business or not is a, a completely different conversation. But look, when I built my YouTube business, you know, we had uh, hundreds of thousands of subscribers and millions of views, all these people watching. And I had a million, it's like $1.2 million a year business selling 97, $200 courses, teaching YouTube, teaching video, right? There's a business built by the asset of my personal brand, my audience, my relationship. Then one day I said, I don't want to teach video anymore. And I changed directions 320 episodes later on a podcast. Here we are, but I didn't start over. If you had a cupcake shop in your hometown and you're making cupcakes and then one day you say, I don't want to make cupcakes anymore and you decide to become a shoe cobbler and repair shoes, you don't have much that you can do to transfer the value of the cupcake business to the shoe cobble business. Now you can sell the business, you know, liquefy, all that good stuff. Absolutely, 100%. But the same people that are, <laughs> that are buying cupcakes don't mean they're gonna be coming to you for your shoes, right? But for me, that wasn't the case. You know, people were like following me, learning from me, and then I said, hey, I've got other stuff I wanna share with you. And the business didn't drop, I didn't start over. In fact, it had a year of generating about the same revenue, a little bit more. It was our lowest year of growth ever in the business, and then grew even more. That's because I know your personal brand, and, and what I mean by personal brand, I mean your audience, your relationship with your audience, the size of your audience, all of that stuff is an asset. And investing in that personal brand, which means investing in the relationship of that brand, expanding that brand, expanding that audience, the experience that that audience has with you, that's what successful entrepreneurs do. They find ways to continue to invest in that personal brand. How to create a better experience with them and a better, deeper, stronger relationship, better connection with your audience. That's what they do. And that's a huge thing that goes into a whole other topic that I could spend an entire 
course talking about, obviously. Uh, we talk about a lot in business by design, but even just looking at things like investing in advertising, right? We talked about that before. That's so silly to be like, well, I don't want to spend money on ads. What you're saying is I don't want to invest in one of my biggest assets. I don't want to invest in growing my business. I don't want to invest in reaching more people that will help me make more money. That's silly. That's nonsense. That's Bologna. I don't want to invest in a team because I don't value my time and I don't value the personal brand. I don't want to invest in people that are going to help me grow those things. That's also silly nonsense, nonsensical silliness. Okay. And the list goes on and on and on and on. All right. So that's an example of a habit under my category of looking at money as a tool. Now, another one, and this brings in a whole other thing is understanding that your business this is like the thought, habit, belief perspective that your business itself is an asset and it's one of your best investments. So reinvesting into your business, that's what I was very clear I was going to do for a very long time. I looked at my business and I said, this is going to give me the biggest ROI. This is going to be my best investment right now. I see my long game. I see how long I want to stay in this industry. I want to be in it a very long time. I've already been in it a long time and I'm going to, as a habit, be very strategic and effective of reinvesting the revenue from the business back into the business. Of course, yes, that's things like, you know, paid advertising and and stuff like that, but it goes beyond that in team and and infrastructure and whatnot because I've always seen it and I think a lot of other successful entrepreneurs do as well. They see it as an investment because it has one of if not the biggest ROI in my opinion. It's in my life, in my experience it's been the biggest ROI, okay? But they're also, as another habit, successful entrepreneurs looking at their money as a tool are diversifying in their investments and their portfolios. And, you know, whether it's real estate, other businesses that are much more passive, stock market, mutual funds, et cetera. And hey, you should be too, no matter what level you're at. In fact, I've got another one of my super special guests, a very recurring guest, common guest here on the podcast, our financial wealth mastery wizard himself, Mel Abraham, to speak on this topic. Mel, take it away. All right, James, this is a, a great question about you know wealth and millionaire habits and how do millionaires live and that type of thing. The interesting thing is as a CPA and everything, I'm actually not going to talk about money here because I think there's some bigger things at work when it comes down to how do the wealthy become wealthy? How are millionaires millionaires? And in the years that I've had a chance to work with startups to millionaires and even billionaires, seen a common theme. And the first thing to understand is that the wealth isn't around money. It's about behaviors. If you want to be wealthy, it's more of a behavioral issue and not a money issue. And what I mean by that is that understanding what your habits are, understanding what your choices are, understanding how you're making those choices is a big deal going through to build your wealth over time. How that shows up, there's another principle that we use and I teach in the Affluence Blueprint is this concept of really getting clear about what your wants and your needs are. Because if we have the right behaviors and we have the right wants and needs, then we can make the right choices. And what do I mean by that? Needs are the things that, that sustain your life. Needs are the things that are, your, that are your, your transportation, your utilities, your food, your clothing, your protection, your transportation, your housing, those kinds of things that you really need. Wants are the things that you want. If you're not sure it's a need and you go to cut it out and it pulls at your heartstring, it's probably a want, okay? But the wants we can plan for over time. I'm not saying not to live a life with wants. 
What I am saying is not to live a life that's driven only by wants. Because what ends up happening is we tend to look to the right or the left and look at the Joneses and what do they have. And then we decide what they have and we go into debt or we make bad financial decisions because we want to look good to the outside. And I think that we ought to just define our own success, decide what our true needs are, and then plan for the wants in the future and get what we want, not what the society tells us to. Which leads me to the third point. And the third point is this, is that most of the wealthy have a different, what I call wealth priority path. And what I mean by that is this, the wealthy will make money first. They'll take that money and they'll cut a slice off. They'll allocate a portion immediately to invest over time. And then whatever is left over after they're done with the investing is what they'll build their life on. That's what they create their lifestyle on. The difference is that most people don't live that way. They make their money, they pay for their lifestyle first, and whatever's left over, they'll decide to invest. The challenge is that when you do it that way, in most cases, there's very little left over, and that means you have very little invested, which means you don't build a machine, and you don't build the wealth that you need to sustain yourself over, over time. So those are the three things that I think we need to focus in on, is understanding first, our behaviors will drive our wealth. Second, what's the, the wants and the needs in our lives, and make sure that we are taking care of our needs, and that we're planning for our wants. And third, being really, really clear about what our wealth priority path is. And when you do that, and you do that in a disciplined fashion over time, that's how the wealthy become wealthy. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Mel. So to recap, I've shared about like 10 habits at this point in two categories. The first category are habits of seven-figure entrepreneurs looking at how they save their time and energy. The second category is ways in which successful entrepreneurs are using money as a tool. Let's now jump into, I just like this category. I'll say, I'll say it's my favorite a category of habits that make me feel abundant, AF. Mom, what does AF mean? Let's move on, shall we? So to me, when we get to bring in the money woo-woo conversation, things get really fun really fast. Money, like everything, is energy. And like all energy, it has a frequency. When you are in fear, lack, poverty, mindset, say even like savings, depending on that, you know, we are in a frequency that probably doesn't match abundance, uh, money, wealth, all that stuff that's going to attract it, right? So when you're not at the frequency, the feeling of is what we mean, because you don't know what a frequency is. You just know what it feels like. Think about that one for a second. It's going to be harder to make some money. Okay, so it's the feeling. It's not just thinking and doing. It's the feeling. It's all of it. We got to go whole-brained, you know, holistic approach here. So there are things I intentionally do all the time to, and I was doing it even when I didn't have any money to feel abundant. One of them, and one of our guests is going to talk a bit into this, is I would just hang around abundant people. I would hang around people that were more financially successful than I was. I mean, I still do it, but I would do it even when I didn't have a dime, when I didn't have any money. I hung out with people that had more. Why? Through osmosis, they would buy something. I remember, I just remember examples of people like, oh, I'm going to go buy this thing, or they would go do this thing. I'd be like, I want to enjoy the experience with them. I'm going to imagine it's me. I'll just pretend. I was living vicariously through them. 
It was awesome. And that's a fantastic little hack. Okay. So again, these are habits that today is really easy for me. You might not have the current circumstances, financial circumstances that allow for some of these. And I'm not asking anyone to be irresponsible. But even if you fake it, you know, people say, don't fake it till you make it. That gets thrown over everywhere. We're not talking about fake your expertise or lie to people. I'm saying fake it to yourself because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and imagined. You can fake buying a car. You can walk into the dealership and you can just pretend I'm walking out with that. You can. You can imagine that. You can experience that and start to get doses of it. You got to practice feeling abundant in any way you possibly can, whatever works for you. So things that I do with that is I always ask for the upgrade. Doesn't hurt to ask. Never hurts to ask. Whether I'm at a hotel, airport, or wherever I could possibly get an upgrade, I ask for the upgrade. With that too, I always, this is kind of the next one, but they go together. I always go for the VIP. If I go to an event, marketing seminar, networking thing, I always go VIP. Whenever there's a chance to go for the nicer thing, I go for it. The Uber. I don't do UberX. Uh, is that the standard one? I do the Uber Fancy, whatever it's called. I don't know. When I'm getting a massage, I get the 90-minute massage. Oh, $20 extra and you get the scalp massage or the foot scrub? Yep. Add it on, please. I go for the nicer thing. Okay? That's what I do. You don't have to do those things. I'm just sharing what I do. And when I do it, I'm intentional to get present to that experience of luxury and abundance. With that, I try to fly first class as much as I can. Now, where I say try is sometimes you got to get somewhere and you can't, you're sold out of first class. Other times it's just like, it's too ridiculous. You know, there's like a principal thing here. You're like, oh, come on. This is a three hour flight and you're going to charge that much. That's ridiculous. But to me, flying is, I don't know, there's something special about that. You know, like you're up higher in the sky and it's time without too many distractions. A lot of creative ideas flow to me when I'm in an airplane. A lot of great ideas. A lot of writing can get done. A lot of great reading can get done. I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel like I'm in luxury. So we fly first class as much as we can, especially like when we're going to Africa this summer with Village Impact to go to Kenya. Oh, you bet you were flying first class to go all the way over there. And it's like, that's a lot of money. I know. I know. You know, but, you know, I justify it for ourselves because it's our life. Plus, I'm going to feel absolutely abundant and attract more into my life. I love tipping. I love tipping. You should love tipping too. Love tipping on great service when people do a really great job because now you're valuing their time. You're valuing their effort to give to you. To be that like grateful and giving is so important. The last thing I have in terms of making me feel abundant is choosing experiences over things. I'm kind of over the whole things to make you people think you're rich and oh, successful because you got nice things. I'm not really one for nice clothes. I'm one for, I'll pay more for like comfortable quality clothes. There's a place in town and their sweatshirts are kind of like expensive. It's like 150 bucks for a sweatshirt. It's so soft and nice and you can see it's like high quality but I'm not one for fancy clothes and diamond rings and jewelry, but you know, I don't need status symbols. Those things aren't really a concern to me, but I do want to pay for nice experiences. 
you know, I've got a lot of nice trips and experiences planned for Chelsea and I. For example, for her birthday, don't tell her because this episode is going to come out before her birthday. We're going to stay at the Disneyland Hotel because we're going to go to Disneyland for a couple days. And we're staying in the like some crazy like princess fantasy suite. It's a lot. It's not cheap. That's how they get you at Disney, right? But it's an experience. And instead of just getting her more stuff and whatnot, we both agree and like, yeah, we want experiences, not stuff. That's what life's about. Amazing experiences with amazing people. And, you know, I have trips planned this year that are networking, you know, where you're working and playing and going on adventures with other people, you know, that are other entrepreneurs where, you get to swap ideas and, you know, support each other and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, I'll take that over some thing any day, especially some like fake status symbol to say, look at me, you know? So anyways, I think that's where you can tell the difference between somebody, by the way, who's like, is trying to be wealthy versus someone who actually is. is a lot of people that just need to compensate or whatever for, and get a bunch of material things. Not a fan of those. Okay. So that was the last on there. There's like fun. That's about 15 from me. We've heard from Jim talking about habits in general, and we've heard from Mel on his wealth building habits. Now I'm going to go ahead and introduce to you a handful more of other very successful entrepreneurial friends of mine sharing with you one of their success habits that has helped attribute to them having a seven-figure business. Without further ado, let's play those habits for you right now. I first met James in 2016. Here was this crazy surfer guy who was also a very successful entrepreneur, and he challenged me to think in entirely new ways. 2016 was the first year I ever had a formal mentor, somebody who I invested in and he invested in my business. But before that, every decision that I made in my business and in my life was under the guidance of a mentor. Now, you could be hearing this thinking, well, that works for you, but you see, I don't have a mentor or I can't afford a mentor or I have applied to a mastermind and I got denied or the mastermind I really want to be in is just too much money. You don't understand me. And to that I say, oh yes, but I do. It took me over a decade to be able to invest properly in a mentor. And that investment in a mentor changed my life. But the formality is less important than actually finding somebody who you can look to as a mentor. They're actually one in the same. Here's the best advice that I could ever give. For over 10 years, every morning, what I would do was I would check in with my mentors. And you're kind of like, wait, what do you mean? Well, I have pretend mentors who have existed online in the digital age for years. I would go and read their blogs and I would listen to their podcasts and I would read their tweets and I would follow them on Instagram. And even though they had no idea who I was, I was consuming their education and making a pattern of it. I decided three people who I would follow ardently because I believed that they were going to change not just my business, but my life. So if I have any advice to anyone listening who really wants to grow their business and become a seven-figure entrepreneur, 
Find yourself three mentors, even if you can't afford them. Three people who you will follow their blog posts, their social, sign up for their newsletters, listens to their podcasts, because over time through osmosis, they are going to get into the way that you think and help you move your business to a point that you can actually take the time and invest properly in a one-to-one mentor. So many thanks to my very first formal and amazing mentor, James Wedmore. I don't know if he knew what he was getting into when he signed the contract to work with me and have me join his mastermind, but it's been a wild and amazing ride. For those of you who don't know, my name is Jasmine Starr, and I am a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California, and I'm also the founder of Social Curator, a monthly social media membership that empowers business owners to build a brand and market it every day on social media. Hey there, Brandon Lucero here, and I own a company called Sold With Video and a program called the Video 4X Effect. And so what we do is we help a lot of entrepreneurs in our space discover their messaging and how to turn it into content so they stand out and it connects with their offer and basically scales their business. So what we've done and what I do probably on a weekly or even a few times a week is take time to actually get silent, especially when I'm having a block or you know there's a, something's not working inside of the business. And I'm not talking about like meditation or anything along those lines, although, you know, obviously that stuff can help. What I'm talking about is actually clearing your mind to let the ideas or the answers come to you. And so the answers come in the silence. And what this stems from is we're not really the creator of our thoughts, even though we think we are. And so to kind of prove this, like we have thoughts that pop in your head that we don't like. If we don't like them, we're not going to create them, but they're there anyways. You can call it subconscious, you can call it the universe, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but we're not really the conscious thinkers of those thoughts. In fact, sometimes we have the best ideas when we're in the shower or when we're like running or exercising or when our mind is not going crazy with these thoughts all the time, right? And so we kind of clear that inner dialogue to allow the universe, God, your subconscious or whatever to hand you the answers. And... I always like to tap into that. Like when I'm in the shower and I get the best ideas, where is that coming from? And I've learned that when I'm silent, it's not that I'm in the shower, it's that my mind is silent and then boom, it appears. So what I've learned to do a few times a week is just take time to get silent to let those best ideas come to me, no matter how unrealistic they are. And so that leads me to the next thing is, is when these ideas come, I always understand that what people think is realistic and what you think is realistic is just made up. And so what unrealistic is, it's it's someone else's borders and boundaries that they put up and you took on as your own. And if you go outside those boundaries, you're like, all of a sudden it's unrealistic. Although no one's gonna have the same idea or interpretation or perception of what realistic actually is. So no matter what ideas come to me, I then follow through with it. And that's how I got the idea of the Video 4X Effect almost two years ago sitting in my office for three days, being silent, and then bam, everything hit me and it all connected. And in eight months, we did $1.2 million in sales and we're continuing to grow and scale. I went from zero employees to basically 14 in two years and we're just continuing to grow and grow and grow because anytime I get stuck, I have a problem, I get silent and I let the answer come to me. Hey, it's Rick Mulready here, host of the Art of Online Business podcast. And James, thank you so much for the opportunity to share a success habit as a seven-figure business owner. This is something I'm always 
thinking about, always trying to improve. And there's two things that I do on a regular basis that I really feel have been game-changing in allowing me to scale to seven figures and beyond. And that first thing is I always try and connect with somebody new. My goal is to connect with one person every single day. And to caveat that, it's really about connecting with somebody new, somebody that I have never spoken with before, or it's somebody that I have spoken to before, but it's been a long time since I've connected with them. I'm always trying to build my network, always leading with value when I reach out to whomever I'm reaching out to. How can I help them with their business, their life? Because the success of my business has been very much based around the people that I've surrounded myself with. And I very much found that the more people that I'm able to connect with and to help and build relationships with, my business grows as a result. I don't mean that I'm doing that in a selfish way. I'm legitimately trying to help as many people as I possibly can. And in connecting with new people on a daily and weekly and monthly basis, I'm allowing myself to expand personally, but also help them. And then my business ultimately grows as a result as well. And I have better relationships in my life. So that's the first habit that I've gotten into. The second thing that I do on a daily basis, as I'm going through my day, I'm always asking myself, is this something that I personally have to be doing? Is this something that I can delegate? Is this something that I can stop doing? Do I even have to be doing this? What can I get off my plate? Because the more I'm able to get off my plate, it allows me to focus on my time on the things that only I'm able to do. And better yet, it frees up time in my schedule to give myself that white space, if you will, that empty space in the calendar where I can think and get strategic and kind of step back and think more like a CEO, be the CEO of my business rather than, you know, going from task to task to task to task throughout the day. So I'm always asking myself, do I have to be doing this? Can I delegate this? Can I stop doing it? Can I hire somebody to do it? Or do I have somebody already on my team to do it? How can I make this easier to accomplish and get this off my plate? So those are really the two habits that have really helped me in being a successful online entrepreneur and really getting the business to seven figures and beyond. James, thank you so much for the opportunity to share this with you. I love this topic, as you know. Thanks so much. Hey, James, Christina Jandali of Deliver Your Genius. So one success habit that I have is never letting myself stay in indecision. Anytime I'm in a moment where I don't know which direction I'm headed, I know that I'm paralyzed. I'm immobile. I cannot move forward. Think about it for a moment. I live in Vancouver. And if I decided that I wanted to move somewhere sunny, so I'm looking at options of California and Florida, until actually making the decision of where my destination is going to be, I can't move forward. I can't do anything. I can hypothetically take a look at options of schools and homes and, and moving trucks, but I can't actually move forward. And indecision just creates pain suffering immobility, which never allows you to move forward. Think about what Tony Robbins says. You can never leave the site of a goal without taking one step towards its attainment. 
But if you don't make that decision, you've got no goal. So how are you going to take any step towards attainment? You can't. It's leading nowhere. So I give myself a deadline and I've linked suffering and pain and overwhelm with indecision. I give myself a deadline. I make the decision. I know there's never a wrong decision. There's always just movement and momentum. When I make that decision, I allow myself to move forward. Even if it doesn't lead to the result that I'm looking for, it might be a detour, but it's still in the right direction. Whereas indecision is a dead end road. Hey, you guys, it's Catherine Zinkina here from Manifestation Babe. Now, James asked me to share with you guys one millionaire habit that I currently have and have had since long before I ever made my first million dollars that has made all the difference for me. Now, this tip is actually going to sound super counterintuitive, but if you just trust that the universe has a way of blessing you abundantly in return for it, it's going to do magic in your life. So my habit is to actually give money away. And I know that sounds scary for some people, but trust me, when you make this a habit and you see for yourself what a difference it makes, not just for other people, but for you and your own life as well, you're just going to be so motivated and so driven to make even more money and to attract even more money because you are using it as an instrument for good in the world. Now, what I mean by give money away, some examples might look like, for instance, for me and my life, I donate 10% of my business income and my business revenue to organizations that inspire me. I always have been a big tipper. Every time I go out to eat or go get a coffee or do anything that involves, you know, receiving a, a service, I will always give just a little bit more, sometimes a lot more than I would normally tip. I give money to people on the streets all the time and I learn that it's not my karma and it's not my place to judge what those people are going to do with that money. If people out there need help and you're able to help them, I believe that we should always help them and that money will come back to us tenfold. Also, maybe paying for someone's dinner at a restaurant. So next time you're going out to eat, maybe you treat someone, a complete stranger. Or even back when I was still broke, what I actually ended up doing was I would as I'm walking down the streets, fill up people's parking meters. So in Los Angeles, the cops here, they're notorious for giving parking tickets. And it's usually because you run out of time on your parking meters. So what I would do is any spare change that I had, you guys, long before my business ever took off, I would fill up people's parking meters. And now guess what happens? Every time I park somewhere on the streets of Los Angeles, I always find parking meters with a ton of time in them. And I never actually have to fill them up. So the karma is real, you guys. And when you show the universe that you trust and have complete faith in the abundance that is out there, and you're even willing to show physically how much you believe that money is abundant, that you give it away and you give it freely and you let it flow out of you, the flow back in is going to be like nothing you could ever imagine. And my business just keeps growing and thriving And we are hitting and crushing goals that I could ever only have dreamed of back when I was an immigrant, a Russian immigrant child. Like this is crazy, you guys. But 
it's because I believe that this habit works. So go ahead and try it. You don't have to do anything huge. Maybe just donate one percent of your income or maybe you just go and bless someone's parking meter or just hand someone a five dollar bill or pay for someone's coffee pay something forward you will be amazed at what the universe returns back your way go ahead and try it and then i want you guys to let me know what happens so definitely document it and you can find me at manifestation babe on the instagrams and i would love to hear what you guys think Hey, James, it's Pete Vargas, and just wanted to say thanks for letting me be a part of this episode. I'm so excited to be a part of this episode, and I love what you're doing here because these habits on this show, if your listeners will just take one, maybe two of them, and apply them into their business, they will begin to see their business grow, their health grow, their personal life grow, like every area will begin to grow. And, and I'm just so grateful for you putting this episode on. I think it's a brilliant idea and I'm honored to be a part of it. And so my name's Pete Vargas. I am the founder of Advance Your Reach. We help people use stages to get their message out to the world and grow their business. And I got to tell you, like I was thinking about all the habits and I was thinking about my miracle morning on how I start my day and the incredible book that I read by Hal Elrod. And then I started thinking about my miracle evening. And do I talk about my miracle evening and what I do with the routine to really end the day? And I thought, you know what? Those are two powerful things. And quite frankly, I think a lot of people can read about those and really, you know, go experience those. And I think those are great habits. But there was a habit that kept coming up for me. And I thought, I've got to share this with James listeners. And so I do encourage you to think about how do you start your day and end your day? Because those two things are are literally critical to the success of your day, I believe. But the piece I want to talk about, and as a very happily married man now for 17 years, I want to talk about the date that I have every single week in my business when I'm working. And it's the habit that, quite frankly, enough people do not talk about enough. Yes, the date. And the date is not with my wife. A lot of people are thinking, like, make sure you date your significant other, you date your wife. And I agree with that. But I want to tell you the date that I have every single week in my business that I think is critical and an important habit. And and once again, I don't think enough people talk about it. And that is the date with Sam. S-A-M. Yes, Sam. And don't worry. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are thinking, what? What is he talking about? He dates somebody else? Sam in our world and our company stands for sales and marketing. I believe business owners, and I'm talking about founders. I'm talking about CEOs. I believe business owners in general forget to make sure That every week they are going on a date with Sam. Every week, if they have a big three to five things that they want to accomplish that week, at least one of those needs to involve sales and marketing activity. And what I see is I will take a look. You show me the big three you're going after every week or the big five. We refer to it as the big three. And what I see is a lot of people doing a lot of busy work or a lot of logistical work or a lot of team building work, which is all important. Operations, finances, reviewing KPIs, all of that stuff's important. But what I don't see a founder or a CEO or somebody at the kind of, you know, running the company doing, and especially with solopreneurs, is not having sales and marketing activity on their calendar every week. 
And I would even take it a step further to say, what about daily? Like, I don't necessarily do it every day, but I do it most days. And here's the thing. It's sales and marketing, the generation of leads and the closing of leads that literally allows a business to be able to make it. And I really love it. We have in our company, in our company, we have a thing called the SAM plan. And the SAM plan is what we do throughout the course of the year. We break it down to the quarter and we even break it down to the week. And it's something that I think is not just our million dollar habit. James, one of the things that we've been able to do in four short years is go from zero to eight figures in four short years. And I want you to know that I believe one of the top reasons is because our entire organization, our entire organization is thinking about Sam. Like even our customer experience is thinking about Sam, maybe not from initial, but from lifetime experience, our lifetime value, customer lifetime value. And so, you know, a lot of you might be listening. Yeah, but Pete, I'm a CEO. I'm just getting started. Well, then you probably need to be the one in some capacity that's that's really consistently thinking about sales and marketing. Well, Pete, I'm an established business. You know, I've gone, you know, I've gone to six figures. Well, here's the thing. You might have a salesperson now that's doing your sales and marketing, but now your sales and marketing up levels. So you're no longer thinking about maybe selling your products or services or around the funnels that are being built out, but maybe you're thinking about strategic relationships or partners that you can land. Okay, yeah, but Pete, I'm a I'm a seven-figure business owner. Yeah, so what I would tell you is I'm no longer thinking about our products and services, and I'm still involved with some of our partner stuff. But now at this level, I'm even thinking about strategic relationships in this last year to kind of go from the multiple seven to the even eight figures. I still had Sam on my mind. And it had to do with equity. It had to do with licensing. It had to do with acquisitions. Those are still sales and marketing conversations that need to happen. And so I believe one of the most powerful habits that exists in our company and that we encourage all of our students and really encourage your listeners who are listening here is to make sure every week that they're dating Sam. Date Sam. Make sure that a major focus and a major initiative in each of your weeks involves that every week. And when I say every week, every week, I'm looking at our company's SAM plan, our sales and marketing plan, and I'm paying attention to making sure that those activities that we have committed to as an organization are happening. And I'm also keeping myself accountable to my activities. And the nice thing is as you grow as a business owner, you just up level in those SAM activities. They just get to be bigger and bigger conversations and communication that you're having. And so, James, that is the one thing, the one habit that hopefully is a habit that will serve all of your listeners and be a little unique to them. So I appreciate you having me, man. I love what you're doing. I love what you're up to. And I can't wait to hopefully I'll see you before we're in Africa this summer. Hey, everybody. Susan Garrett from DogsThat.com here with my success tip. Now, I'm here in my home gym. And I'm in the gym, not because I'm going to tell you all successful people work out, although I think a great percentage of us do start our morning in a gym or some sort of physical activity. I'm here because I work out 
I got into the habit because I'm a, an elite athlete. And as an elite athlete, one of the skills that I use that helped me be successful that I'm going to share with you today is the skill of visualization. Now, before you turn away and say, listen, I don't want to be an athlete, so I don't need to know about this. This is the ninja secret that I believe has propelled me to success in business. So stick with me on this. Let me tell you a little bit about visualization. It's not like manifestation. I know very little about manifestation, but I do know visualization is the rehearsal of things that you are going to do. And the more you rehearse things in your mind, the better you get at doing them in real life because your unconscious brain can't differentiate between things that are real and things that you've imagined. And the better you imagine it, the more it's difficult for your brain to, to tell the difference. And so imagine how good you'll get at something if you have done it thousands of times. Now, even if you've not done it thousands of times in real life, if you've done it thousands of times in your brain, it's the same thing. So think about a basketball player at the free throw line. They close their eyes and they physically will engage their hand but dribbling the ball as they pretend to shoot the ball. That is them going through their routine that engages that subconscious mind to something we've done hundreds of thousands of times. So in order to have a really successful visualization, you want to bring in as many senses as you can. So the sense of sound, the sense of sight, the sense of smell, how you feel emotionally, physically, what are you touching? And you'll see a tennis player in between strokes, he kind of plays with his strings. That is the physical sensation that is triggering the unconscious mind to rehearse something he's done hundreds of times. Maybe it's a return of serve. Maybe it's a great serve. All right. So that's how visualization works. Now you could say, oh, Susan, I've tried visualization. And I just can't do it. If you're like many successful people, one of the last things you do at night is think of three things you're grateful for. If you haven't done that, that's an extra tip. Three things you're grateful for, three amazing things that happened that day. Now, tomorrow morning, I want you to, when you, part of your morning routine, before or after you work out, you're going to visualize one of those things you were grateful for the night before. So visualize how it made you feel emotionally. Visualize where you were, what your surroundings were. Was there any unique smell? What did you hear? Was there murmuring? Was there other people in, in the vicinity? Visualize as many of those senses. You just visualize. It's just your imagination. As you practice this, you'll get better at visualization. So if I'm visualizing being at a world championship, I'm visualizing the touch of my dog before I go in the ring. I'm visualizing hearing the announcer go, representing Canada, Susan Garrett. So all of that is part of my visualization, which means I can go out there and perform at my best because the ringers don't overcome me. So the more you visualize, the better you get. What that looks like for me is I know the things I want to accomplish today. So I visualize me sitting down at my computer and just starting the typing in a chapter of my book and then stepping away from the computer an hour later with a feeling of accomplishment. So what does that look like? That's part of my visualization. Visualize one to three things you want to see happening. The more of your senses you can include in that visualization, the more real it will become for your unconscious brain. And that makes it easier to do when you set out to do it that day. 
Successful people are successful because they do more of the important things and less of the unimportant things. And visualization is a way you will get to do more of what's important for you and your business. I hope you try this at least once. Make it part of your regular routine. Sky's the limit. All right, there you have it. I think now we are at over 20 different habits of seven-figure entrepreneurs. What a fantastic episode. Thank you again to all of my friends, extraordinary people who shared from Jim and Mel, Catherine, Brandon, Rick, Christina, Pete, Susan. Thank you so much for sharing and contributing. Thank you so much for listening. Again, before we wrap it up, I just want to invite you to pick one of those that you just like really resonated with. Pick as many as you can that feel manageable. It's not about, oh, I got to do 20 things and then I'll just become a millionaire that you missed the whole point of the episode, okay? It's about noticing the differences in behaviors, in actions from a seven-figure entrepreneur and realizing it's because they think about themselves, they see themselves, they think about business, they see business differently than most. And as a result, as the byproduct of that, they tend to have different habits and behaviors. They look at their time differently. They look at money differently. And now you have that same choice. So I hope this was valuable for you. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. We got more epic and amazing episodes coming your way here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. So if you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Make sure to subscribe. If you haven't left a review, please take the time to leave a review. We are so grateful. My team and I love those. We share those reviews, read them to our team and our team meetings every single Monday. It means the world to us. It keeps us motivated, keeps us going. If you want to connect further beyond this episode, beyond the podcast, head on over to jameswilmer.com forward slash beyond right now for additional tips and rants and raves from yours truly between the episodes. Okay. jameswilmer.com forward slash beyond will take you to beyond the podcast. That's a free app called Telegram where you'll get to join a private channel where we can share more content with you. Thank you again so much for listening. I'll see you here on the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.